dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. What's up, Lions fans? Tori Petri here with another episode of the One Pride Cast. This is episode number 52 of the One Pride Cast, which means we've been doing this show for a year now. Now, we've skipped a couple of weeks here and there. We've taken a couple off weeks, so it hasn't been exactly 52 weeks uh, since we first started the podcast. It's been a little bit longer than that, but it is cool to kind of reach that milestone of a year's worth of episodes because we've had so much fun bringing this podcast to you starting last offseason and and stretching into this offseason. And of course, we plan to continue it through the season. So thank you guys so much for being loyal listeners of this podcast. It really is fun to be able to hang out with you guys in your cars, while you're working out, all those kinds of things, wherever you listen to your podcast. I know we're not actually there, but uh, it's fun to be able to spend this time with you. So thank you guys so much. If you have rated, reviewed, subscribed to the podcast, we appreciate it. Even if you just listen every week and you you tweet me and you we talk about the podcast, I love that you guys have become so loyal to the One Pridecast, and it is my honor to be able to host this and hang out with you guys every week. With all of that said, guys, the spring training program for the Lions is over with. We are officially on summer break. At least the players are. Now, we're still here in Allen Park. It's a funny time of year because things just get so quiet. We're still doing football coverage. We've still filmed a bunch of really fun features and things like that for you guys to watch and stay entertained with throughout these uh, football doldrum months of the summer, as I like to call it. I saw a really funny tweet from Missy Matthews, who is the Steelers team reporter. She posted this week, I have a love-hate relationship with this portion of the offseason because I'm not ready for Steelers camp, but I also miss the hustle and bustle. And it's so relatable uh, from the team side of things because, you know, you want that break. You need that break before the season ramps up because things just get crazy. The schedule is insane. So you need some time to rest and recover uh, from the offseason program and before training camp begins. But It also just gets so quiet around here uh, that it gets a little bit lonely. We miss players being in the building. It's, It's fun having them around. It's fun having the energy of football season being here, but you also need the break. So it's this weird mix of emotions. So I totally understand when she describes it as a love hate relationship. Now, today's episode is going to look back at the Lions spring program. That means OTAs and minicamp. What did we take away from it? Tim Twentyman and Mike O'Hare are going to sit down with me and chat a little bit about that. But we're also bringing you a player interview as well. We get those in whenever we can. Of course, players are out of the building now. But last week, I caught up with Danny Amendola before he left town. And we got to chat a little bit about him coming to Detroit and him getting to know this city. So before we get to my talk with Tim and Mike, here's my conversation with Danny Amendola. Great players are made in the offseason. Parents, prepare your child at the Detroit Lions Summer Football Camps. Select from over 25 locations throughout the state, including camps held at Ford Field and at the Lions Training Facility in Allen Park. Camps are open to boys and girls ages 6 to 14 of all skill levels. Plus, all participants will receive a special Lions preseason ticket offer. Visit DetroitLions.com slash summer camps to learn more. Hopping on the One Pridecast with me now is Danny Amendola. Danny, it is so nice to meet you, get to know you out here uh, at OTAs. First off, just tell me what it's been like uh, coming out here and getting to know people here in Detroit. Uh, it's been great. You know, it's been a it's been a fun month and a half and a lot of hard work, a lot of learning, and, um, you know, I'm excited to be here. What is it like trying to cram all that in a month and a half? I love it. It's uh, definitely a transition 
uh, phase for me coming from Miami to get here. And, um, you know, I got everything settled in. I got, uh, you know, first OTAs under the belt and, um, you know, I'm ready to go. Matt Patricia knows you very well. You know him very well, but help the fans get to know you. Fans who might not know you very well, what do they need to know about Danny Amendola? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, you know, I like to have fun. I like to work hard, and uh, that's that's it, really. I like to I like to play football. It's my number one passion. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get out there, play hard for the city, uh, you know, feel the energy, feel the vibe from Detroit, and, and get things rolling. What is your relationship like with Coach Patricia? Um, you know, he's the boss, he's the head coach, and whatever he says, uh, I do. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be, um, you know, playing hard for him, trying to get the guys, um, you know, around me better and, and doing what I can to help this team win. You obviously knew him before he was the head coach when, you know, he was just a coordinator in New England. What is it like kind of seeing him take over that leadership role here? Well, he's always been a leader in my mind, um, a guy I've, I've always really looked up to, um, you know, a guy that's always brought, um, you know, a, a great sense of humor, a great, uh, you know, um, ability to lead guys, and and he and he's also really tough. So he's gonna he's gonna get us better. He gets us better every day. He pushes us every single day, and um, and we all we all love playing for him. We have fun doing it. So it's it's really nice to play for him. With guys who Coach Patricia has worked before, we talk a lot about culture fits, guys that just really fit what he's looking for and what he's trying to build here. And when that comes into play, you look at how those guys fit into the locker room with the rest of the guys. When you come in here and you start to develop those relationships with your fellow teammates, what's the goal for you? Uh, just, just to be myself, be authentic, and, and, and bring what I, what I know, my experiences uh, to the table, to the forefront, and, 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 and try to relay as many positive uh, messages to, to my my group uh, being a wide receivers then to the offense and then to the entire team so um, you know whatever I whatever I've been through in this league uh, whatever our, uh, experiences I have um, you know I love to share and, and to uh, do whatever I can to help this team grow and, and, and win games. One of the guys you're getting to know is Matthew Stafford you've developed chemistry with him throughout OTAs and minicamp what are your first impressions of Stafford? First of all he's a Texas kid so uh, <laughs> you know him being from Dallas I'm being from Houston it's, it's always good to have you know a fellow Texan in the building um, you know he's got a great arm he's, he's very cerebral he, he knows and sees a lot uh, on the field and um, you know it's really I'm really excited to get to work with him and get to grow with him and uh, you know I'm looking forward to training camp. How has that relationship grown in the last month and a half? Uh, we're, we're all learning right now. We're, we're putting in a new offense, uh, trying to get on the same page. So we're constantly communicating, uh, growing at a, at a rapid pace, I'd say, just because uh, of the short amount of time that we have in the building. And then just to get ready for camp, there's there's always information to be uh, to be sent and received really from both of us when we're in the building. So we're always trying to, to get on the same page. There was one point during minicamp or OTAs where we saw you and Stafford kind of working one-on-one -on -one yeah. out there with each other. Uh, what's behind that and what benefit do you get from that? Uh, just the more reps we can get, the better. You know, uh, like I said, like I said, we we have limited time now, so we have we had about a month and a half here. Uh, now we're going to get another month and a half off, and then and then we're going to be ready to go for camp. So um, as, as much time can, we can we can steal together, work together, and, and, and get and grow together, get better. That's what we're going to do. All right, recapping the last uh, month and a half, OTAs, minicamp, how do you think it's gone? Where do you think this team is at right now? Um, you know, it, it was it was great work. We're, we're uh, you know, we're continuing to grow, but we have a lot, a long way to go. And uh, we know, we all know that um, we're going to continue to, you know, grind through this next month and a half off to get ready for camp and, um, you know, hit this thing running. 
All right, I know you've been busy here in Allen Park, but have you gotten to get out and experience anything in Detroit yet? Of course, of course. I, uh, you know, live up by the Birmingham area. There's a bunch of great restaurants out there, a bunch of uh, good shops and, and things to do up there. Then I get down to the city, go to the Pistons game, um, you know, go to a, the, the uh, Tigers games. Yeah, you got to do batting practice there, didn't you? Yeah, unbelievable experience. Um, meet the guys down there, walk in the dugout, get on the field, hit some hit some, uh, some balls and... Um, it was it was a great experience. I know I feel the energy from the other teams, the other clubs here in the in the city that support us, and, and we support them. So, you know, this it's a great city. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to uh, to spend uh, spend as much time as I can here. What is your favorite thing you've done or place you've eaten in Detroit so far? Ooh, that's a good question. I would have to say, um, prime and proper. That's a good one. Yeah, prime and proper is one of my favorite places. It really is. That that's a good spot. So you sound like you've been getting out, and somebody's been giving you some kind of recommendation. Yeah, for sure. I've 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 uh, I've gotten to know some people around around Detroit that have showed me some some secret gems. So I'm excited about it. All right. When you're not out here on the field, I know you say getting to know you. Uh, you know, things fans need to know is that you like to work hard. But off the field, what are yeah. what do you enjoy? Oh, I love to travel, um, see new things, uh, new places, meet new people. Um, I also like to chill at the house, play pool. I got a house in Texas where I, I love to just kick back, relax, uh, and spend time with the family. So um, that's really it. Thank you so much for your time, Danny. We appreciate getting to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Become a Lions season ticket member today and gain access to the most favorable seating locations at Ford Field. Exclusive member events, discounts on Lions merchandise, and personalized account service. Secure your seat today. Call 313-262-2222 or visit DetroitLions.com for more information. And now on the One Pride cast are Tim Twinnyman and Mike O'Hara. Guys, we've covered all of OTAs. We've covered minicamp. We are now in the football doldrums. You guys want to go golfing? (laughs) I know that's what you'll be doing a lot of. Oh, I'm doing a lot of golfing now. I'll leave the golfing to you guys, uh, but there's certainly going to be a lot of time to fill uh, as we head into this slow period of summer. But let's take a look back at OTAs and minicamp. What were your big takeaways? Well, I think for me, you know, obviously the offensive side of the ball with a new scheme, it was kind of the same story last year on the defensive side of the ball with Patricia um, you know, implementing his schemes uh, along with, uh, you know, Coach Pascaloni. Now, you know, to me, it's all about, you know, the offense, learning uh, the new verbiage and kind of all the different personnel groups and kind of how this is going to look. You know, they want it to be like Patricia's defenses where they can do multiple things and, and um, you know, trot out different position personnel groupings based on matchup. And so we'll kind of see how all that works out. I think they've got a versatile group of skill positions. Obviously, you know, Mike, it all starts with the quarterback position and, and Matthew Stafford and, you know, him having to be a little bit better um, in 2019 than he was in 2018. But I think for me, that was the big storyline of, of the offseason is kind of how is all how are all those pieces on offense going to come together yeah and I kind of look at like you talk about the verbiage and all that and you think of some old stories of quarterbacks taking over one was with Terry Bradshaw the Steelers I used to cover him in playoffs and things like that and his teammates told the story one time how he broke the huddle and everybody broke the huddle and he started laughing and he'd call the play from high school you know just things happen because you have so many thoughts going through your brain and I was thinking about Stafford and he had five years of complete stability with uh, with uh, Scott Linehan then all of a sudden it's Joe Lombardi and he's going to be the next, you know, they're going to tighten him up and all of this. And he lasts a year and a half and then it's Jim Bob Cooter and now it's Daryl Bevel. And you know what, you, you learn to uh, you learn to adjust 
in the National Football League. You learn to adapt and you learn to survive. You know, Scott Mitchell made a great point about that one time. We had a long heart-to-heart like we're having right now. And for people who don't remember, Scott was the quarterback back in the 90s. And he said, National Football League is like being in the jungle. The tiger has one you know, physical, you know, he's built one way, he survives. The elephant's different, he survives. The giraffe, he survives. You got the long neck, the little critters that follow you around, they survive. The National Football League, you find a way to survive. Mm. Well, there are a bunch of guys who are looking to survive on this roster or at least play with the first team. And we get to see a little bit of where the Lions are switching those guys around and, and playing them during OTAs and minicamp. Were there any position changes that stuck out to you well maybe not so much position changes but just um, you know moving guys in and I think yeah. guard spot was one that we entered this offseason kind of wondering what they were going to do with TJ Lane being released and then subsequently you know retiring they've moved a lot of different pieces in there I think it was a little bit surprising you know to to see Ragnow at center um, Graham Glasgow move over to guard and it wasn't the guard spot we thought it was the opposite side and then you know look at them kind of trying to figure out some pieces um, at that other spot, Kenny Wiggins, I think, is probably going to be the favorite going into training camp. But I think they're going to give some guys some opportunities to do that. I think that was one, an interesting one. Were there any others that kind the of stuck same out thing? To you? I mean, when, yeah, the, the, you know, the website photographs, pictures that they put out there, and all of a sudden it became a story that Frank Ragnow was with a number one unit, and and even before the OTAs at center, I don't think anybody really saw that coming, and and. It, I never thought I'd, I'd be looking up Ode Abushi's background as, as thoroughly as I did. <laughs> Found out he's been in, in five seasons. He's been with four teams and started games for all four. Talk about the adaptability That's, that you were talking right. about. Right, and so he must, he must be you know have a pretty quick learning curve. You know, he's went to a good. I think he went to Virginia. Pretty smart kid, uh, growing up, and and so you, you look for things like that. Kind of look for the wide receiver, uh, tight end rotation if you can find one. But there are so many guys out there. I mean, I think we all probably all think the same thing. All the tight ends look like they're Olympic decathletes, you know, just the way they're built. And then they kind of filter themselves out. The wide receivers, there were 13 of them on the roster when they broke camp at the end of the last OTA. They'll probably keep five. And they all look like they can play, you know, because it's, 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 it's one of those positions that you can see with your own eyes what they're doing. It's not like... Did, did the guard take the right step there, Tim? I don't know. You know, but, but that's that's part of it. You can you can see them. I think that one will be really interesting yeah. at receiver because you, you know you obviously have Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Galladay and um, uh, Danny Amendola, and then they signed Jermaine Curse late in the process, and he's a guy who has a history with Bevel. He's a veteran. He's got experience over 225 catches in this league. Um, you know, so an experienced guy. And now, if they keep five, like you mentioned. Boy, there is a large group of guys that, you know, a bunch of guys that made plays in the spring that have NFL experience that maybe have some potential, just, you know, need need an opportunity. So I think that'll be one of the real interesting position battles in campus for that maybe fourth, fifth. Can one of those young guys unseat maybe one of the top four guys we all think are, are the top four? It'll be really interesting along with maybe quarterback is cornerback is too, Tori. Yeah, definitely cornerback, and I was going to talk about that one. But before we move on to that, the wide receiver position, kind of the same idea that we'll talk about when we get to cornerback. Uh, you know, the guy's getting a big opportunity to play a lot throughout the offseason program because of Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay not being out there working with the full first team. And then you look at corner, and then you have the same kind of thing with Darius Slay not coming. you got – Get guys getting a lot of reps with the first team at outside corner with Darius Slay not being there in the offseason program. So 
I think we got to see a lot of Tease Tabor and Rashawn Melvin there on the outside, and I thought corner is definitely uh, one of those positions where assuming things work out with Darius Slay and he plays this season and everything you know goes smoothly, who's playing opposite of him? And I think that that was a, a big opportunity for those guys to get those reps this summer. We saw it with the interior at cornerback too. You know, Justin Coleman didn't do a whole lot in the offseason training program, you know, whether rehabbing something or, or dealing with an issue there. Just, you know, didn't take part in team a whole lot. Well, that got Jamal Agnew a ton of right. uh, reps at the I nickel. I thought he had a good spring uh, And he had a good camp. spring. And look, they mixed some of the safeties in there with, with Tavon Wilson coming down and playing, playing the nickel as well. And so, um, yeah, cornerback was an interesting one for me. I think they got a lot of options there. Um, and, you know, we obviously know it's going to be Slay and Coleman the majority of the time, but that opposite spot outside of Darius Slay, I think it's Rashawn Melvin's maybe to lose. I think just because he's a scheme fit, his length, speed kind of fits everything that they want to do. He's got a history playing in New England under um, Matt Patricia. So, yeah, I think he's the favorite, but it should be an interesting competition. Yeah, and I think that if there's anything we've learned in these two years under Matt Patricia or, you know, one full season in, in this one offseason program, Let's not talk about the three, four, the four, three, or the two, whatever they run. They run what they run. You count it up when they're done. Count the bodies and say, well, they were in a two nine <laughs> right. or something like that, you know, or the K nine, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, they, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him with four safeties on the field at times. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him with, uh, you know, four or five linebackers. Just the way they play those guys, an awful lot like defensive ends at time. At times, you know, they like they talk about they go into the same meetings with the defensive ends, the outside linebackers. So you just have to, you know, it's sort of like it's hard to predict what they're going to do, but they certainly have interchangeable personnel, it looks to me. Well, Tease Tabor has been a big topic of conversation this off season. watching him play out there this spring. Got a lot of interceptions out there in practice. Uh, what did you make of how he played this spring and, and what he might bring to this team in the fall? I think it's hard for me until the pads come on. You know, I don't really – you know, it was nice to see. You know, he was in the mix. He made some plays. Um, you know, that's more than you could say from the first two years from what you saw in the offseason training program. To me, it's just still, you know, kind of the speed. And the speed is going to be the determining factor. When those pads come on, you know, when the competition starts, um, you know, can he run with – um, you know, Kenny Galladay on a crossing route all the way across the field and then or, or can he run with Marv, you know, deep down the field? That's been his biggest issue so far his first two years. I think you either have speed or you don't have speed, but you can certainly make up for it with being physical at the line of scrimmage in that five-yard period, you know, being, you know, really good anticipatory player. Um, but I think there's still some question marks that I need to see in training camp before, you know, I, I kind of consider him one of those guys that they could look for. Yeah, well, Sam, he doesn't look to me like a starting cornerback. He looks like, a, you know, a depth player right now. And, and if he can first do that, then that'll be, a, you know, that'll be an improvement over his, his last two years. But the speed thing, you know, one of the classic examples they talk about, they always bring up, and this is going back in the history books of a cornerback who could play without speed, was Everson Walls, who made the Cowboys roster, I think, in the 70s and 80s as an undrafted free agent and was a Hall of Fame finalist. But he played in an area where they, he wasn't playing four and five receivers and running you know, the, the width of the field and the depth of the field and the length of the field. It's a different game right now. You know, they keep talking about faster, bigger, stronger. Well, faster is faster. And if you're not faster, it's just the way it is. It, it's a real separator. And so he, you know, he's, got, he's got it up against, up, you know, he's got it up, he's really up against it. We're talking about T's, but he's a smart kid and he's a willing worker and he could make up some things. Well, guys, there was a lot to follow this offseason with OTAs and minicamp. We had a good time covering it, but now 
Tim, it's time for your golf. All right, we'll see you guys. I'm going to first tee. Here we go. <laughs> he means it, too. He means it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Tim and Mike, for joining us. Thank you.